I, I read a book. Uh, it was sent to me, and I I have been profoundly impacted by it. It is called Uncommon Trust. I interact with the author on Twitter. We've never actually spoken until now, but I asked if he'd come on. Eric Reed is joining me. Eric, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's actually nice to meet you and uh, to get the person and the voice together, not just the uh, the Twitter profile. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you'll be like my wife and you'll meet me in person and say, I don't know, your, your face and your voice don't align. I, I still don't understand that, but <laughs> my wife says that about people. So now – I want to talk to you about your book and to set the stage. I mean, I was, was roped in, in the first chapter when you were writing about Caleb and yeah. I, I want to start there, uh, with how you came to recognize anxiety. So people realize you, you actually have lived this life. Yes. My wife and I found out that our son, our first child had issues when he was in the womb. Uh, we knew there was a mass in his stomach. That mass was later identified as a kidney that was filled with cysts, and it was causing issues with his development and with her pregnancy. He was born premature, 10 weeks early, but after further testing, they discovered, well, we can get this kidney out, and um, life will be normal. You know, your, your son can live with one kidney, and everything will be fine. And um, after that's out, you know, life will feel normal. Uh, he'll, you know, never have another issue. So this could all be behind you. And that was a relief as a parent, right? First time parents thought, oh, great. And uh, two months after he was born, they had the surgery and there was a medical mistake, a surgical mistake. And not only did the bad kidney get removed, the good kidney was removed with it. Gosh. And that's when our lives were turned upside down. That's when everything changed. We knew at that point life would never be the same. Um, I was so naive. I didn't even understand the full significance at the moment. You know, like, well, kidneys are important, right? But, you know, <laughs> we've got options, you know. And, yeah. and it was like, no, the, the, this is um, this is life-altering forever. And when the full weight of that reality sunk in, um, that's when I started to experience anxiety and panic attacks for the first time in my life. Never had anything like that. Up to that point, my life had been normal, no issues. Parents are still married. Um, you know, so I didn't really know any real suffering. I knew about other people's stories, but that stuff happened out there, not with me. And all of that was disrupted with Caleb's kidney mistake and the doctor's surgical mistake. And so that began a process for us over the next two years, he would need to get a kidney transplant and he had multiple surgeries to try to get him to that point and hospitalizations off and on constantly. And that's when we really had to do some work spiritually to really ask the question, what do we believe? What do we believe about God? What do we believe about how to work through pain and sorrow and trials? How do we make sense of our faith and our afflictions? And that's, that's where we were first thrust into that was through Caleb's health issues. Gosh, you know, it's it, not funny. You should say this. I, I guess I'm, I'm connected in that way. Cause you know, with, with my wife's health situation with an incurable form of, of cancer, she was yeah. given six months to live in 2006 and it was a misdiagnosis. And ironically, had they not made the misdiagnosis in 2006, uh, they would have never realized she had lung cancer uh, when they did in 2016. And thankfully they caught it early, but wow, uh, you live with the, the ups and downs and trials and, and oh my goodness, yeah. work stresses and, and everything else. And, oh my gosh, what happens? What do we do? Insurance costs and all, all of that. Uh, you can, you, you can wrap yourself into a knot that you yourself cannot then untie 
having wrapped yourself into that knot? Well, and what happens is, is the moment we are confronted with the reality that we're not in control. See, that that's what happens is mm-hmm. when the illusion of control is disintegrated, when it bursts open and you begin to realize, no, I don't have control. And what happens to me tomorrow, I don't necessarily control. I can't fix it. I can't, I can't manipulate it. I can't. That's when we are met with, will we trust God who the Bible reveals clearly does have control and does have our lives or will we, will we fret over and worry in despair and live in fear of what we don't control? And that's what I was confronted with. That's where my anxiety stemmed from. Um, I, I was confronted with the fact that I had a son now who would have medical issues forever. He needed a kidney transplant. I knew kidney transplants didn't last forever, even if he got one. And I knew this would be a perpetual cycle that we would live in. And it started to grip my heart. I, I started to have panic attacks. Um, I, I couldn't sleep at night. It, everything was being ruled by this fear. And that's when I knew I had to do some real business with God. I, I really had to, to get into the word. I had to walk with some other people. I, I needed to, to get some real life um, under my belt about how can I trust God when I don't have control and the one I love the most, you know, my son is, is in this vulnerable position, you know, and, and there's nothing I can do. And that began that journey for my family and I. Now I know that back in 2019, Caleb had other health issues and in, in passed and he how, did. how was the anxiety? Did it resolve and resurface or have you just, has the struggle just been there? So, you know, I talk about in the book, um, after his kidney surgery went wrong, that's when I really had to start diving into why do I have this anxiety? What do I need to do um, to find peace in this? And that led to a seven-year process for me. It was about seven years of dealing with panic and anxiety attacks before those began to subside. And what happened is what I outlined in the book. I, I really had to grapple with what does it mean to trust God? And I started diving into the character of God and and studying about the sovereignty of God and the wisdom of God and his, his plans, but also the personal nature of God's love for his people and, and his faithfulness and his promises. And it truly is. It's not cliche because, you know, I think, you know, in church and Christians, we tell people, you know, just trust the Lord, you know, just trust God. And, and if you don't put some meat behind that, if you don't put some substance behind that, it just becomes an empty platitude. And so I had to get to a point where trust the Lord actually meant something and so that seven years of dealing with anxiety and panic attack, um, I really grappled with, you know, do I trust the Lord? And only the only way I can learn to trust him is I've got to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledge him. I got to know him. And so what happened was, is in 2017, when Caleb's um, health took another turn. So he got a kidney transplant at two years old, but then, it, you know, he was on immune suppressing drugs. You know, his immune system was compromised. He would get sick easily and he would get things you and I would fight off so quickly. But in 2017, he got fungal meningitis and that meningitis caused a stroke. He lost his ability to talk and, and use most of his motor skills. And even though he was still there and even though we could communicate with him through nonverbal and eye blinks and different things like that, his life and our lives were drastically altered. And I did have a moment at that point, I had been free of anxiety for a couple of years when I was in the ICU and that, that old feeling started to emerge. I knew that feeling. I knew that the, the heart racing and the tightness of chest. And, and I began to preach the, the gospel to myself. I began to preach the truth to myself because what I began to learn years ago was this, the stories we tell ourselves 
and the things we let pervade our mind and our heart, they have a profound impact on our emotional response. And so it's not one of those things you can turn on and off like a light switch. Like I'm going to trust God and it's never going to be an issue again. It's a day by day, moment by moment choice where we have to keep preaching the truth to ourselves and not leaning on our own understanding. And so, yes, it, it did try to emerge. Um, but I can say that I've not had any anxiety or panic attack in years, but it's not because I've solved the riddle and am forever not going to have to deal with it. I deal with it every day. I deal with it every day proactively by getting my heart in a position where I'm trusting him and not leaning on my own understanding and letting fear grip my life. Now, for those of you just tuning in, I'm talking uh, to Eric Reed. He has written a book, Uncommon Trust. If you want to order a copy of it, text the word Eric, but spell it my way, not his way. E-R-I-C-K. <laughs> spell the correct way. <laughs> text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I'll send you back an Amazon link so you can order it. Now, I, I got to, you know, you write about your personal struggles here, and, and I've been very open with my audience about mine, and I am I'm continually perturbed with myself and also somewhat impressed with the way anxiety can sometimes creep in. Uh, oh, yeah. Things are going well, going well, going well, going well. Suddenly there's a curveball. Uh, That's right. Family or, or work. And I, I just, I find myself waking up at three o'clock in the morning. I can't go back to sleep. All I can do is get down on my knees, start praying. I'm not sure even that, that does good. It just, it, it stresses me out. It freaks me out. There've been some of those recently. And yeah, I, 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 you, you meditate on scripture. You, 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 you talk about, you've got to know God. It's not just a, it, it's not just a matter of believing him. It's a matter of trusting him and trusting yep. comes with knowing him. I mean, what, what advice do you give for people like me? Yeah. So I think first off, don't beat yourself up with shame and guilt um, that you struggle with anxiety. We live in a broken, fallen world. Uh, we do live in a world where we get bad news. We, we do live in a world where loved ones are ripped from our hands and taken out of our lives. And that's real. Um, the void is real and the pain is real. And so the first thing is, is not to think that you're less Christian uh, because you deal with anxiety. The second thing is I would see not anxiety as something to be um, cured with some kind of magic, you know, some kind of magic formula. I think it's something we have to take to God daily. And it has to become something we're asking the Lord as an affliction to let him use it to sanctify us. Because here's the reality um, my anxiety always pressed me further into dependence on God, always did. Um, because I realized in that moment, this is an awful feeling. This is an awful experience. And the only thing I can do is go to the Lord and say, walk with me through this. You're the good shepherd. Walk with me through this. Um, you're the comforter in afflictions. Walk me through this. But the third thing that I had to really work on, and that's the thing I was, I was talking about just a moment ago, is so much of anxiety is rooted in our thought life. Now, there's other factors, right? I mean, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you've got, you got a lot of stress, there's seasons where it's more natural that you're going to be prone to anxiety attacks. If you get a heavy load at work or if there's family stress going on, it makes sense that that's going to happen. So I, I would make sure you're trying to eat as well as you can and exercise. But at the end of the day, I think directing your thought life back to these core truths, God is sovereign over my life. He is wise in his plans and good in his plans for me. He loves me. So none of his plans that are coming from his power and from his wisdom are detached from his love for me. And he's faithful. If he allows for me to go into this, he'll sustain me through it. And that was always the approach I had is that God gives me anxiety for the rest of my life. And I have to deal with panic attacks the rest of my life. 
I'm going to depend on him. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to walk with him. And he's faithful to keep me. He says so. And so, so much of that is learning to direct our hearts and our minds to those truths. And that doesn't magically make it all go away, but it is what I have found that will give you comfort in those times. Uh, again, folks, if you want to order Eric's book, text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Uh, last question before I let you go here. Uh, I, I I know that uh, I have a, a ton of people who listen who are in ministry, uh, particularly for yep. a pastor who might be listening, who's dealing with people in his congregation. What what advice do you give to pastors about how they can help uh, their congregants who are struggling with anxiety or the pastor himself? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because uh, I pastor a church and I have opportunities outside of uh, my church to, to preach and to speak. And um, I've come across so many people who are not equipped with a theology of suffering. And so I would just say this, I think it's imperative that your listeners, whether they are pastors, ministers, um, just solid Christians who want to uh, be used of God to help others, or maybe they're people looking for a church. Here's what I would say. We've got to be taught a theology of suffering. We need to understand the Bible doesn't promise Christians glassy sea as long as we just put our faith in the Lord. The, the Bible doesn't tell us that if we just you know put our faith in Christ, then everything's going to be cupcakes and rainbows. That's just not reality. The, Jesus says there will be troubles. There will be afflictions. There's going to be fires. And so what, what I would say is, one, teach your people that God is able to rescue, deliver, he can heal, right? He, he, can, he can do anything because he's God. But the second thing is, is we need to prepare people for when the Lord leads us into afflictions. When he decides that he's going to purify us with fire, we've got to have a theology that doesn't collapse mm-hmm. when trials come. That's why I think the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, it just collapses under the reality of real life. Um, yeah. Pain comes, struggles come. So we got to do that, and we have to teach people that the best thing that can happen out of anxiety is not that we get out from underneath it, but that we learn to press closer into the Lord and in relationship with him through it. And because that's ultimately, he desires that he desires that we would draw near to him in our pain and our suffering. So the greatest blessing of anxiety might be that it makes you so much more dependent on him that you draw closer than you ever had before. So I think we got to teach people about those things because everybody is going to go through trials, everybody. And so everybody is prone to go under anxiety um, and, and, and stress and despair when those afflictions come. Eric Reed, the book is Uncommon Trust. Man, I'm so glad to finally talk to you in person, and I just can't tell you how much this book has helped me uh, in the last few weeks as I've read through it. I really appreciate you stopping by. Hey, I'm honored to be here, and I'm super thankful for your voice, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Eric Reed, uh, pastor in uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, and also he is with Knowing Jesus Ministries. His book is Uncommon Trust. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. You, you get to, uh, it's it's a short book, by the way. I should tell you, it is uh, right at a hundred pages. Uh, it is a quick read, and it is a, a just a powerful, powerful, impactful read. Text the word Eric E R I C K to three three seven seven seven. If you want a copy, I, I'm, I may need to get a little Bible study together and go through this book. He's got little questions at the end if you're doing a Bible study that, that help tremendously. Solid guy, uh, great book. 